Well, hello folks and welcome to We The Peeps. This is the American Soccer Podcast in which you are going to get to know everything that you need to know about the US MNT. I am Clayton and I am an artist. I'm Ty, I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm in a car today. <laughs> yeah, he is. What a car it is. Uh, no better day for a car pod than car pod. today. Let's go, U.S. Swiss. It's We The Peeps. It's We The Peeps. Welcome to We The Peeps. Are you ready for We The Peeps? Holy moly, it's We The Peeps. Folks, the game was USA versus Switzerland. It was a friendly, um, and it looked pretty friendly. The game would end uh, two to one in favor of the Swiss, unfortunately. Uh, but there are many things to discuss along the way, which is what we're here to do, as well as to prepare for U.S. in the quarterfinals versus Honduras in the Nations League Cup. We're down to the final four of all the nations, uh, of all the relevant nations. Uh, we're down to a random final four nations. <laughs> Folks, uh, before we get into all of these wonderful things, machinations, etc., etc., three goals to talk about. Uh, please the Machinations remember, League. In the Machinations <laughs> League, <laughs> please remember <clears throat> that we are currently streaming live on YouTube, which you'll be aware right of. Uh, we are right now doing that. You'll be aware of that if you follow us on Twitter at WTPPod. You'll know when we go live, um, and you will also uh, have access to our, our thoughts on the Twitter in general. So please do that. Hang out with us there. Uh, remember as well, folks, that we are in development for Patreon-only content, which is very exciting. And now is your time to get in on the ground floor. That costs $5 uh, to become a ratified peep. That's 5 million Jurgen bucks. If you've got them saved up in your pigular banks, uh, please bring them on out. And, the Jurgen uh, buck is very strong right now. Uh, the Jurgen it's buck a great is opportunity. Just, the Jurgen buck is just fine. Buy right the dip. Now. Now, it's not too late. <laughs> it is a bubble, but it's not too late on the Jurgen bucks. Uh, folks, that is all from us. Oh, five stars on iTunes, please. And with that, that is the end of House or Keeping. Okay, let's get into all this business. Folks, the game was USA versus Switzerland. There's only one way to start it off, and that's by lining them up. We're going to line them right up. Let's go with Brooke. uh, Let's go with Ethan Horvath, both uh, temporary gloves. Very, very temporary, temporal gloves for Ethan Horvath. Uh, Just warming them up for the Steph. Center backs, we're going to have John Brooks and Mark McKenzie. Welcome in to the big leagues, baby boy. Not his Come first cap, but it feels like a uh, the beginning of something special. Indeed. On the left, we've got Serginho Destino. You know him, you love him. The uh, Flim Flams for days. Flim Flams. All Flim Flams must go. Flim Flams for sale. Uh, <laughs> that's the one where you do the two touches real quick that Dest does 100 <laughs> times a game. And then on the right, we've got Serginho. Oh, I said Serginho. We've got Reggie, the soccer player formerly known as Reggie Cannon. Uh, in the midfield, we're going to have the number six, made of oat milk, Jackson Ewell. And then a dual eight, <laughs> Jackson Ewell, Jewel. 
the jewel, the crown jewel, and we, the as crown in our jewel. Wow. <laughs> Uh, in our, uh, for Duel 8s, Duel 8s, we've got Sebastian Legette and Manifest Westiny. The West is yet to come, Weston McKenney. Uh, up front, we're going to have, we're going to have Brendan Aronson. You know it, you love it. We're going to have Brendan Aronson. Aronson. Ron, Ron Aronson. Uh, this is the poli- our new Polisic Light, uh, Brendan, our discovered yes. Polisic Light, Brendan Aronson. We're also going to have Geo Reyna, created in a lab, scientifically, uh, genetically modified, perfect athlete, Geo Reyna. And of course, at the nine, we've got the the worst, the best loser, uh, best striker in Bundesliga 2, Josh Sargent, <laughs> as we like to call him. Folks, this game was... This Joshy Poo. This was a perfect... Uh, tune-up. This was a very nice matchup. We had a Switzerland featuring Braille and Bolo, Granite Xhaka, and uh, the other one, the Wonder Cube. Power Cube. Jardin Power Cube. I like the Wonder Power- Cube, though. I would, <laughs> I'd buy that for four Sugar. payments of $19.99. I don't know what it does yet. But, but the in. brand is amazing, <laughs> and it goes with all of my Apple gear. Uh, we also we so uh, we came out uh, pretty strongish in the first five minutes. Sebastian Legette would find the net. Uh, the U.S. got numbers up front, and I would say surprised the Swiss defense with a little uh, tippy tappy back and forth, uh, and this kind of bounced out. Sebastian Legette was the fastest to react twice, and and bagged himself another goal. Wow, what a guy! Sebastian Legette, his national team career just keeps on cranking. This guy, never too old, growing with the times. Uh, folks, Switzerland would find their way back into this match due to a pretty lucky deflection off of Reggie's heel. Uh, this goal would go in past Horvath. Probably wasn't the greatest shot, but the deflection made it, it unsavable. It became a freaking laser. It, lo- it looked awesome on TV the first awesome. time, and then you saw that it was actually a deflection. So uh, the rest of this first half would take itself away. A lot of U.S. possession here. Um, U.S. seemed to sort of have most of the inspiration and most of the talent, but the Swiss seemed to be more uh, resilient and opportunistic, uh, generally speaking. In the second half, we would see a bunch of substitutions um, on the Swiss side, worth mentioning. Manuel Akanji joins us from Dortmund. Isha. Isha. Oh, in the 61st, uh, we get to see Eunice Musa come on as well as Kellen Acosta. Eunice know him. Eunice love him. <laughs> Eunice love him. <laughs> you must protect, <laughs> protect this house. Uh, and t- Tim Ream as well. So John Brooks, oh, Special Legit, and Jackson Uloff. So Tim Ream, why? We'll never know. Why? I don't know. Why? why? We'll never know. Doesn't matter, really. Uh, Serginio Dest would gift gift switzerland a lovely penalty kick oh my my pardons that was prior to the end of the first half but uh worth mentioning at this point in the game serginio dest has already gifted the swiss a sweet ass penalty kick which they missed and then uh due to a let's say uh tim ream sort of old man moment and serginio dest lack of focus moment senior moment uh, the uh, senior (laughs) senior moment and then like a, a kindergarten moment back to back exactly exactly that was a uh, sick assist saw... though by death sick backheel assist <laughs> sick backheel assist mad style points for destinia 
for Destino on this assist. Uh, Swiss would go up 2-1, and that's how the game would end, but not before we'd get to see DeAndre Yedlin get on in, baby, and Timothy Weah as well. Was lovely to see. Oh, lest I forget, we also got to see Siebicia. Siebicia. Come on in. And it got kind of disjointed and weird, and the game kind of didn't go anywhere. U.S. had a bunch of chances, but by the end of the game, the Swiss had caught up chances-wise, um, and you could tell that there was a little bit more savvy coming from the side we faced today. We lost 2-1. Ty, what were your first impressions? It wasn't a terribly disappointing loss. I think I probably expected a result similar to this. It definitely exposed the uh, the soft underbelly of the U.S. when you take out uh, Tyler Adams and and Christian Pulisic and uh, and how we're we're still kind of vulnerable when when some of the the lesser players come in. Um, I was hoping for a little bit more end product, and I was very disappointed that we didn't get to see Daryl DK. But I really enjoyed watching the interchange of the players. I really liked the style. I thought the the match from a U.S. perspective was entertaining most of the time. The defense was just kind of shoddy. So you know that's going to happen in friendlies, and I think the the team is is coalescing in a way that I like. Um, but definitely some some cause for concern, uh, particularly around the defense and finding a, a true partner for John Brooks who can who can complement him and uh, shore up some of his weaknesses, which which got exposed at times in this match as well. Yeah, I thought the the strongest look from the U.S. in this game was the press. So we had a lot of good moments, especially in the first half, yep. where we fully surprised the Swiss. Um, and it looked like in friendly manner they were, you know, determined to play out of the back, uh, perhaps in, in something of an exercise. Um, but aside from that, there was also some very good interchange play, as you mentioned, from the States. It was interesting um, that the problem we're facing looking forward uh, seems to have changed from what it used to be. So this is one of our first chances to get to enjoy a first team uh, 11 from this new generation of the Nats in an uh, increasingly competitive scenario. Um, and the problem seems not to be about piecing together a competitive squad uh, or about you know finding, um, finding ways to get goals from a less skilled squad, but rather finding out how to actually reach our ceiling as a squad. Right, um, totally, which, which, totally. Which is a whole new beast compared to what we're used to as U.S. fans. Yeah, there's there's clearly so much more to come. I mean, just uh, thinking just of the progression of the players in their own careers, obviously there's going to be a lot of uh, next levels for them to hit. But this this team, I feel like we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg of, of what it can become over the next, hopefully, five years leading into a, a home World Cup. Um, and it's very exciting. And for me, I was... Uh, I, I continue to be grateful that through thick and thin, we play out of the back. We do not lump the ball up to the nine. We play very uh, quick and very incisive and very clever balls. So especially you saw frequently the ball from uh, midfield um, between the center back and the fullback of Switzerland to try to break through space very, very quickly 
and you saw that come off a couple times and you saw it not quite come off a couple times, but the idea was consistently there. You also saw one of my favorite uh, Burhalterisms, which is the deep uh, or, or uh, line breaking pass from the center backs. And Brooks obviously is is fantastic at this and he he freaking howitzers the ball. Uh, you know, 30, 40 yards upfield on a, on a, a dime. And, and most of the time came off. He had a couple misses, but uh, generally it was very good. So I, I really like those patterns. I want to keep seeing them. I want to continue to see them do that. Uh, and it's just about kind of piecing those, those aspects of a collective together. Um, there's a lot of kind of disparate parts. There are some things that are working. There are some things that are not, and there's no real glue or uh, kind of final combination to put it all together. But I think they will get there. I think it's, it's, it's still a work in progress. And for me, I don't really care about the nation's league. I don't know. All of a sudden it sounds like they're going to deprioritize the gold cup because they're, they want to put, let players have preseasons at European clubs if they have a new coach. And that makes no sense to me. And I, it's, it's our continental championship. I don't understand why we wouldn't go a hundred percent to win it. Just like all the European teams will with the euros. What did you, so what, what did you hear that made you think that? They mentioned that particularly in regard to Brian Reynolds, but I think there was one other player who, um, on the broadcast that, and this has been in the, uh, the Twitter sphere as well. This idea that the, that Brian Reynolds has to stay back at Roma because this is his time to establish himself under Jose. It's better for him to do that than to play for the U S and I, I think that's ridiculous. I, that, it's the second biggest trophy that we go for, so I don't understand why we wouldn't go 100% to, to get the Gold Cup. And it, coming out of the Olympic qualifying failure, we said that was one of the silver linings, was that we could finally actually just see the first team compete for a trophy with no excuses. And I'm, I'm getting pretty tired of every single tournament and every single match being affected by some sort of external factor that means it's not just about whether we won or lost there's all these other considerations at play like i'm i i'm kind of tired of that i would like it to be that we move into a stage where we can actually just judge the team on the basis of the results you know so so like what i said uh, i do feel like i think the team will coalesce but there's definitely a deadline there, right? Like we're starting world cup qualifying in September. And if it doesn't really come together in these nations league games and in the uh, gold cup games, then um, we're going to be in a bad place going into that, that qualifying uh, uh, round, because it will be easy to disrupt that for teams that are smart, like Honduras, like Costa Rica to come in and, and mess with our rhythm and, and uh, remove some of the, the, the uh, patterns that we're, trying to accomplish. So let's get back to the gold cup when the time comes around. Now is the time you're saying for the U S to start to find that glue. Um, and it pretty soon it will be too late, uh, to, to feel like a team and to kind of understand how, what our identity is, um, in difficult moments. This squad is going to have the problem of a bunch of big-ass egos, and that's a new problem uh, for the USMNT. Let's talk about a couple of those egos, uh, highlight a couple performances from today, um, and then we'll, we'll get into what's going to occur this week versus Honduras. Uh, the first one up, I know we talked about Josh Sargent a lot last episode, but it turned out to be very relevant Oh, um, Ty, rough. what did you learn about Josh Sargent, uh, where he stands as an individual and where he stands as a piece on this team from today's performance? 
Well, to me, he looked exactly like the player who I've seen all year at Werder Bremen. There's there's Which a handful upsetting. of decent chances that come his way. He kind of, you know, maybe puts a shot or two off frame, but doesn't find a way. He doesn't he doesn't make something out of nothing. He can't change the game by himself. And the knock on him or the the excuse at Werder Bremen is that he doesn't have a supporting cast. But in this match, he had a, a very good supporting cast that was creating chances and was was zipping the ball around. And so it was the perfect uh, opportunity for a nine to come in and and do their thing. And he didn't. So for me, it's very distressing that our top two strikers apparently are Sibichu, who we've barely seen, and Sargent, who I don't feel like is anywhere close to what we thought he would be uh, and, and hasn't been for some time. Um, and it's, it's hard to say just because of the, to, the... It is hard to say. He seems to lack that fox-in-the-box Chicharito sense. Like, there were a couple Gio Reyna passes in, and we'll talk about Gio Reyna's shitty attitude in a second, but he had a couple passes in that he was upset uh, at Sargent for not sort of smelling the, the sure, space. Sure, sure. Not know? making the run. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so and I, I'm wondering I think... if that's more of a problem than we thought it was. Like, is it... Because at Werder Bremen, we just assume he probably is finding the space, but maybe he's not. Right, right, exactly, exactly. So I think that uh, that thesis is, uh, this is counter evidence to that thesis, that Sargent is actually good. It was just Werder Bremen this whole time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and for me, I mean, I was really uh, surprised not to see DK. Do you know, was there an injury there, or is this just evidence know. that there's beef? Because it seems uh, like there's uh, beef. Uh, I, it seems like there's beef. Maybe not quite beef, but um, a tactical expectation of some kind. I don't know. We'll see. I could see... Let's pretend for a second we're in Berhalter's shoes. There's a lot of egos. He's realizing, he's realizing that the way that you introduce someone to their sort of lifelong spot, such as Arena, is very important. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. wonder if he is a little hesitant to give someone to don someone uh, so fresh with uh, such so much give them so much confidence a sense of like or confidence is good but to give them uh, to give DK it might be too soon Berhalter might think it's too soon to give DK the reins you know mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. some personality but reasons Sibichu can come right in we don't even know what the guy's name is at this point. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Straight yeah. in. Well, we, we, don't don't know. Know. I, we don't know what we don't know. Yeah, we don't but, know what um, we don't know. Fair enough. But it, it is it is also uh, surprising to me, I think correct, but surprising that he has abandoned both Altidore and Zardes on this roster and gone with, you know, essentially he, what he said is that the, those three are his top three. That's why they're the ones in the camp. And then Sibichu and Sargent are the ones who are going to play Nations League. Uh, that that shocks me, frankly. So, it, and to me, I, I feel like we've seen a different Burhalter post COVID than pre COVID. Uh, pre COVID difference. I think he was saying? more attached to his um, his existing relationships and his existing knowledge. So, like you you remember that that team with uh, with Nick Lima and Zardes that and yeah. uh, Daniel freaking Lovitz at that Gold Cup <laughs> two years ago pre COVID. Yeah. Where we were all like, dear God, can the United States of America not find a better left back than Daniel Lovitz? And then apparently he was our super sub when we were down a goal to Mexico in a fucking final. You know, so then that was fireable, in my opinion. Like, that was ridiculous. But I don't see him falling back on those same um, familiarities anymore, which is good. So maybe the this uh, process has has led him to 
look deeper into the pool and to absorb how much higher of a level these guys are at. You know, I, how good would Sibichu be in if, how good would he be if he was in MLS? I think he'd be pretty damn good, you know, given some of the other comps that have, folks that have come out of those, those like second tier European leagues. So, uh, so I think it's a, it's, it's the correct move, but I'm surprised. Like I'm, su- I'm kind of surprised that Berhalter uh, abandoned the way that he set out originally uh, and is doing things in a more kind of pragmatic and reasonable way, in my opinion. And I, I'm, I'm satisfied with the job he's doing at the moment. Right. I'm satisfied with that as well. The, the phenomenon, the Berhalter phenomenon you just described is a good one. It is, however, we are like, is this, uh, it, it, it does feel still like we're missing a nine somehow in the player pool. We're, we're definitely does, missing a nine. I mean, it might be, yeah, it's, it could just be Sargent, but it could also just be tactically that the team is like overemphasizing the the slickness of play, you know, kind of arsenalitis. There is that, a little bit of arsenalitis happening right now. Yeah. Um, and it's, that's always a balance, right? Like you, you, what, what you need to do is like, you need to have all the gears. You need to be able to play through an opponent and create a chance, but you also need to be able to notice that because you've been doing that now their center backs are cheating and there's space in behind and a smart striker knows when to, you know, merge in with the midfield group and when to start making runs because they, they realize that the defense is too keyed in or too comfortable with what you're throwing at them, you know? So I, I don't, I don't see that happening yet. I think it's, it's a little bit, um, disjointed. The other thing I wanted to bring up is, uh, people always talk about this friendly, the, the six subs in the friendlies being this catch all excuse for why, you know, generally things don't go well for the U S uh, in, in these friendlies, like later in the game. And to me, that's kind of crazy because the, most of the leagues around Europe have, and I think MLS too, are using five subs for this have been yeah, for like and they, the game seem fine 12 months by now and the game seem fine and they don't seem disjointed like maybe that's just that the 13th and 14th guy don't know what they're doing you know it's yeah. it's not that the principle of like more subs is inherently inherently causes the game to become uh chaotic it's just that those players are not good enough or they're not ready to to enter the game as we saw with Tim Ream coming in to immediately make a, a you know, a blunder, an old man man blunder, a senior Um, moment. So it's, so so to me, it's like enough of that, you know, like, can we, can we move forward into a, like, is it time? Are we ready? Has, have, has Greggy B had enough time where we can actually assess? It has to be time. It has to be time. time, We have to assess both on Greggy B and on the individual performances. And there are three performers on this field starters that are the names you expect in a game like this to to open it up. So Geo. it, it felt this felt very much like a organized Swiss team that had just seen it before, um, and we kind of played and in, played ignorantly into their patient hands. Uh, the players who should have, I'm going to say, made a bigger difference are Serginho Dest, Weston McKenney, and Gio Reyna. Uh, these are all guys who we are going to need to be game changing. Uh, factors on offense for us to be good, especially in moments when we don't have Pulisic. And by the way, 
we sh you should probably get as comfortable as you can with this Aronson Polistic replacement yes. because that's that's a real possibility in, yes. in any yes. moment. So, Dust, McKenney, Reyna, Ty, what did you see from our leaders on the field, um, and what didn't you see? So for Dest, it was very interesting because the narrative coming out of the last camp was how much he's improved being at Barcelona, and he he was balling out against. I think it was uh, J Jamaica, and I forget the second opponent. But the Jamaica game was the one where he scored, and he looked incredible. And that, uh, you know, clearly uh, more savvy, more veteran uh, defensive core can neutralize a lot of the things that he tries to do. So he needs to he needs to come up with you know new methods that he can use in those spots to be to be more successful. Um, and he needs to not overrate the ability of his his tricks to succeed. So I think that that's something that he will has been and will continue to learn at Barcelona. But for from the U.S. fan perspective, we have to get used to the fact that he's not Superman. He's not going to dominate games uh, like he and, can against lower tier competition. But and seeing him seeing him have defensive lapses for the U.S. feels way different than seeing him have defensive lapses for Barcelona. Just on an emotional level, like I have been dust stand dust for Barcelona, and the the Barcelona fans' general critique is he's he's you know he's shaky he's spotty on defense. He ends up in all these weird situations, and I've never cared watching Barcelona. But when he does those same things in a U.S. jersey, I'm suddenly. Oh, totally. a, pretty yeah. stressed about it yeah yeah it's stressful it's stressful and the the idea of the wing back role i don't like it i'm on record i just want four four uh four three three all the time and i don't think the solution to like dest not being good enough on defense is to remove defensive duty from him you know i think he he needs to commit i think he's just made to be a fullback a modern fullback and we also have to accept as a fan base that like the modern fullback is not a central defender the modern fullback is more of an attacker and so you should expect more of those kind of lapses from a fullback but that means that your six needs to be super solid that means that your eights need to have a lot of uh, stability and add add presence in in your box defensively so you know i think He's he's not too far from where I would want him to be defensively. It's just obviously his uh, his shortfall at the moment. Um, okay, moving on. And then there's yeah, so, one one down, two so to go. Geo, uh, Geo, <laughs> I'm fully on board with the theory that it's been too much too soon, and uh, that the hype got to him and affected the way that he sees games. Personally, I like for him to be overconfident, you know, I'd rather our players be overconfident than underconfident, but clearly he needs a little reset or something to, to give him a sense of, uh, of how he can fit into this team instead of just trying to kind of Superman and, and make plays happen on his own. Um, Weston for me, I, I liked Weston's game today. I thought he was largely clean in the midfield uh, maybe a couple moments on defense where, I, where he could have been a little bit better, um, particularly on the second Swiss goal. He was kind of in the in that zone, but didn't make a difference. Uh, but I thought he played a couple balls that I, were really impressive to me, and he he was had moments, a spark and he he was a spark. He had and he had the mo the balls that you're talking about, the balls of which you speak. Weston's balls. Uh, they, th Weston's balls, yes, yeah. that we're discussing as adults. Uh, in, this is how we are spending our time with our life. Uh, they, he, the, he, they came at very important moments. So it was, 
it was uh yeah, it wasn't just balls. like it wasn't his balls are important it wasn't <laughs> just that he um had a couple through balls like packing stat through balls it was that he had them in the 70th in the 75th you know when we were down one um so i think if we got i hear you i hear you if, yeah i i'm with you that his his of the three was the least noticeable game reina started to look like a little bit more like a leader um for for about 20 minutes before he came off the field uh but generally speaking um i think weston quietly had the the best game of the three of them actually yeah one thing that impressed me yesterday in the Champions League final after the match was Pulisic oh, was interviewed. Buried the lead. Buried, we did the, buried lead, the lead, folks. Welcome yeah. back to this USMNT podcast in which we're going to talk about how Christian Pulisic won the fucking Champions League <laughs> last night. Indeed, indeed. And after the match, he was interviewed and he had a golden chance that he couldn't quite put away to put Chelsea 2 2 0 up on Man City. And uh, when he was talking about that chance, he was saying, well, you know, I wish I had scored, obviously, but we won. So, like, I don't really care. And I totally believed him. I totally believed that he actually didn't care. And that's the kind of thing that I don't think Gio would say or feel. I don't think Gio would be is, is the kind of guy right now where he would, would be, get that. Yeah. he would feel successful if the team was successful without him, or if he had made a mistake, but the team still, still won or put away a goal or whatever the case may be. So that's a, that's a level of maturity that the rest of the players are going to need to have as well. You do have to raise Gio in a different way. Your, your end goal with Gio is, is not, um, it's, it's not, uh, like let's, how do I phrase this? So your end goal with Gio is Latan. Uh, it is not, um, you know, legit. <laughs> it's not I, like I hear you. I hear you. So, you're and, you're and, but, looking for an but alpha. The difference, you're looking for the. You're next looking. Alpha. For, you yeah. want him to be an alpha, and you. So though, there's good there, and the way that you get the best out of a player like Gio is not by teaching him that his that he needs to depend on his team to win, but by teaching them him that he needs to get the best out of his team Correct. in, or, Correct. To, in order to win. So when you see totally. like the Michael Jordans and the Zlatans of the world, they obviously think they're the reason they're, they, they won. They are obviously upset if they didn't score the winning goal. However, they understand that the difference, Michael Jordan understands that the, or yeah, you, you the champions understand that it's not just about them being the greatest player in the world. It's about them managing to get all these other fucking scrubs they're surrounded by to do the right thing as well. Totally. And, and, and that's the second what, you like, said that, I thought of Jordan and the last dance. And when Bill Paxton hits a three to win the game, Jordan's not, he's not uh, thinking that Paxton hit the three. He thinks, I set up the situation yes. for Paxton to hit the three. Yes. He's like, so it's, I, it's a, I got it's a, mad at Paxton in just the right way this weekend. Exactly, and now he exactly. hit the three. So it's, it's yeah. a, it's a selfishness that manifests itself in teamwork. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a very different mentality from like a, you know, Michael Bradley style of teamwork. Uh, maybe more of a Dempsey style of teamwork. I don't know. No, he's more of a lone wolf. I guess we haven't really had this, this guy. Maybe well, Claudio Reyna. Or, or I was going to say Claudio Reyna. I'm speaking of, yeah. Of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder why that is. It's so funny <laughs> that they're... Um, so, okay. So Apples, we trees, are, et cetera. So we are hoping for the best. 
for Gio Reyna's attitude. He, he and and by the way, um, er- Erling Holland is exactly what we are hoping for Gio Reyna to develop. Erling Holland is like believes in his ability to get the best out of his team and he's doing that for history's sake and no other reason and he doesn't believe in the world affecting his experience of life he only sees his no, we live in erling's universe we we <laughs> live in, we yeah. live in erling's imagination yeah folks previously uh, there was a multiverse <laughs> of options but now there is none he has dominated this is the one all. that we've consolidated yes to. Yeah. yes so folks this is all leading to a thing um, and that thing is USA versus Honduras in the yes, Nations League, which does match. matter. Competitive match. Tie. No excuses. Any? Are there any any caveats? Any issues? Uh, do I hear? Co- do I hear a caveat? <laughs> I don't hear oh, any. We don't caveat. have our best U twenty threes. Oh no. The, so yeah, Ty, why don't you? Everybody's been playing. We've got. Playing. We've got everybody pretty much healthy. There's no major omissions. From the uh, from the roster, what are the new include? What are the new inclusions here on our side for this next game? So yeah, for Thursday it'll be in theory uh, certainly Stefan and goal, and then I thought I thought Mackenzie was fine, but likely or you know possibly it'll be um, Miazga instead of Mackenzie. Um, I think they'll keep doing Dest at left back because I think he he is a full notch ahead of Anthony Robinson. Whereas on the right, uh, the right side, we've got Yedlin, Cannon, both solid. Yeah. So I think they'll put either Yedlin or Cannon on the right. And then I got to go with Legette again in the midfield. Yeah. I mean, he's freaking awesome right Legette now. That looks great. Yeah. So, and, and it'll be, um, so it'll be him, Weston, and hopefully Tyler in the middle. We hope Tyler who yep. Tyler, by the way, could have, theoretically played for switzerland but perhaps yeah so they said that he he was in theory fit but just hadn't trained much like he was still having pain uh it was like the disc was fine but the nerve still wasn't healed so it's like he could have played through it if it was like a big match but it just wasn't worth it so so you know what actually that now that i say that it would be pretty weird to just chuck him in on thursday as a starter so i'm, I'm guessing he'll he'll be on the bench as well so that leaves you looking for a six again, which has been very uncomfortable. I, I'm not, I'm not at all comfortable with Jackson Ewell. Yeah, maybe this is a, maybe this again. is a good time to talk about our superstar replacements, Jackson Ewell and Brendan Aronson. Yes, um, yes. So we'll get right back to Honduras in a sec. But, so any, yeah, anyway, yeah, just so to finish Ewell, that out, it's yeah. Pulisic coming in, and then it'll it'll still be similar personnel aside from that. Yeah. So we think we think Sergeant Reyna probably um, Pulisic coming in. I mean, yeah, Aronson, on, on current basis like i would just throw sibichu in there to be honest i i'm yeah. I'm, I'm good i'm good for now josh has had um, enough chances to prove himself yeah. both at club level and national team level and just hasn't been great and just isn't showing me anything i mean he's, he's he she shows me a lot of like clever movement and a lot of ideas but that's not what you're looking for from a striker so i'm, yeah. I'm good he's showing us great losing um, so Aronson and Yule, uh, just to, just cause I wanted to mention this, we're going to probably hang out with Aronson from time to time. He is, as far as I'm concerned, the official Pulisic replacement. He looked okay today. I'm sure. fine with it. Totally. He had it's, good a, it's a B minus, yeah. it's a B minus Pulisic out there, but he's, <laughs> he's coming along for sure. And Jackson Yule, it's just. It's just rough to see. I mean, Swiss, the rough, Swiss team yeah. is, this, Switzerland is not a particularly 
like menacing attack. They're not no, particularly no. particularly yeah. physical. There's some. There's like a little pace there, but it's not you know shocking. Their pa- the pace that they're throwing out there, aside from Braille and Bolo, uh, and he alert. just he just looks like Yule. It just looks not good enough. And and if if you're right that Tyler Adams is is uh, you know on the edge of fitness and it would be unsafe to start him at the six, we're talking about uh, Ewell for a competitive match this week. Yes. How do you feel about that? Is that's terrifying. So the other options would be Ewell, by the way, who lost to Honduras in the under twenty three tournament. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, This is where where I feel like Chris Richards would really be able to help because I think he could play a great or or. Eric Palmer Brown would be a fantastic. EPB six as well. would be fantastic. Fantastic. Didn't, didn't pick him up. So so we're left pretty thin there. I mean, Kellen Acosta has left a lot to be desired in the in the last two matches. He was pretty good in the first one, and then the sec- the Northern Ireland one, he was he was horrible, and uh, so inconsistent at best. And Ewell just has never looked up to this the the international level. Um, so it leaves you thinking, well, maybe it's Weston, but then you think, well, as soon as Weston moved away from the six for, for at club level, he looked incredible. He looked much better as a, as a right, uh, right uh, midfielder or as a hybrid, you know, 10 striker at times than he ever did as a six for, for, um, for Juve. So it's dicey. Maybe you, you throw a center back in there, you put, Mark McKenzie or something? Yeah, there's so many things that I would do. A lot uh, of things that I would do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's a good, good um, way I'd be to happy. It. I'd be happy with it. Yeah, I would double pivot McKenny and Musa. Fuck it. Legit at the ten. Fuck it. Yeah, that, I could. I could see that too. Yeah, I think what they'll probably do is just go with Ewell and like try to protect him. But like that's that sucks too. You know. The six is supposed to be the the anchor that protects everybody else, and you just feel like this guy needs help to defend. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's tough, right, to prepare people for this Honduras game because on the one hand, there's those of those of us out there who are like, um, who are like, who still think the U.S. sucks because we didn't qualify for the World Cup, and that the U.S. men are not worth watching, and they have no idea what's going on. And to them, I say. Tune the fuck in because this is going to be really different than what you think it's going to be. But then there's all those intermediate fans, which is most of you. You might be correct on some things. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's all those intermediate fans who are like, this is going to be sick. Like, we're going to shred Honduras finally. And to you, I say... Hold your horses. No, we're not going to shred I, I do no. not feel confident. I'm not going into this with a ton of confidence. I'm going into the future of this team in general with cautiously optimistic for sure. But what this game that is occurring this week, I am concerned about. I think we're going to shred Honduras in four years. Like if we play yeah. them in four years, they're going to get their asses whooped. But, but Thursday? <laughs> but Thursday now? But Thursday now? I don't know. I don't know. It's a, I, I, oh, you I said, feel oh, a, uh, oh, you, feel said a, you want to play on Thursday? <laughs> I feel oh, there's a, uh, a, a, a 2-1 squeaker coming. Like a early U.S. goal and then stagnant and then a late Honduras response and then a late U.S. winner. How hot do you think Pulisic is coming into this? How hot? I mean, in what sense? In because d- d- don't you feel he's going to be tired? Maybe because he's uh, been on the bench, he's not as tired. 
I think he is not physically tired. I think he's been rearing to go. He just won the Champions League fucking final. He did just lift the Champions League, so hopefully he he brings the heat against Honduras. Yeah, I think he's coming in here with Real Madrid energy. He's like, let's (laughs) fucking go, son. He just beat Pep. He just beat Pep. So yeah, it's either either what I said or it's like a Pulisic double hat trick. We just double hat trick. It's not. <laughs> it's not the fastest hat trick. It's but the it fastest to two hat tricks, for sure. For sure. If he doesn't oh, score two right. hat tricks, it'll be disappointing. Let's do a uh, hopes and fears. Hopes and fears for USA versus Honduras. We got some hopes and fears. <laughs> I I have a distinct hope. Distinct hope. Distinct hope. Which is, I will. I hope that there, that the U.S. dominates the whole match. Oh, so I don't want to see. I don't want to see beautiful. a period where it looks like Honduras is the better team. because oh, Honduras is not the better team, and this no. always happens to us. It always happens. That's, that's, I, I'm just, I, you know, results, two I mean, one or looked, a double hat trick. I don't care. I just want to see the U.S. look better the look entire better, game. Start to finish. Don't turn off ever. Don't switch off. Um, okay. Okay. I want to see a, a proactive substitution. I hope for a proactive substitution from Greg I love Berhalter. It. I love it. Like, say, like that is Based on the state of the game at based the time. On, based yeah, on yeah. game state. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, like, indeed. In response so, to something that we to, need. That we need. So that, 60th, uh, 60th <laughs> minute. If you ever think about that, that's fucking crazy. That's fucking crazy. You could take that idea, Alexi Lawless, to NBC or wherever you work. <laughs> it's all yours. Uh, oh, by the way, we haven't talked on this air about Clint Dempsey agreeing to do broadcasting. Totally, totally. But where, oh, where was he? Is he going to be on Thursday? I thought he was going to be know. on today. Yeah, we had a we we had difficulty. This this very important U.S. game versus Switzerland was not quite as important as what I believe was a college softball game. Yes. Uh, oh, sorry. So, we should discuss this real quick yeah. before we sign off. Yeah, so, yeah. okay. Here's the thing. Uh, I'm sorry, but college softball, baseball, whatever, should not preempt the national soccer team of the country in the importance sports hierarchy. If we ever want to get anywhere, we gotta gotta crack that. So for those who don't know, we're on Fubo trying to get our shit together, and the ch- channel for English language broadcast of this game was uh, like in overtime of some softball game. So the first twenty minutes we had to watch on like the Spanish channel. It was which it was regular time, regular time. So this a, is totally planned. Of a college softball game, not the World Series, not the College World Series, a regional play-in. To the College World Series. And the, the national soccer team of this, the country, like the whole country, was on television. But instead, it's college softball. Let's get on I got the phone, a lot of folks. respect for college softball, but I'm sorry. That's, that's not... And it wouldn't be appropriate if there was a college soccer game that preempted the national team of the country. Now, the thing In is... In softball... That would be inappropriate, too. The national team of softball. 
Yes. Just, totally. totally. Exactly. This should is, not be overridden by, exactly. a, uh, by a college USA soccer USA softball game. should not have to wait for Mizzou. Yes. And neither should we. Now, the uh, thing is with this, ESPN has a stated policy that they never, ever cut a game before the end. Uh, so this is just, it's just fact. Never change. They never say well, you have to go here be... to watch the end of your game. They always say you have to go here to watch the beginning of the next game. Right, right. I get so, that. ESPN, I get that. I love that. I'm going to let you finish ESPN. That. But... I love that, ESPN. <laughs> I love what you're doing there. Then you can't be broadcasting this piddly-ass shit right next to some other <laughs> meaningful shit. Uh, I got to agree with you. I mean, you just have to be more cautious in the scheduling because this is, again, the national team of the country. All of us. 350 million people. That is correct. That is correct. And it's the world's game, guys. So, so this, People this care really, about this game. This stuff, it's, it's, it's tough because you can't, like, they wouldn't have made that decision if it was a big, if it was an NBA finals game. Right? They just wouldn't, they would have put college softball on ESPN2 or something because they'd be like, oh, just in case it goes long, we don't want to miss the beginning of the NBA finals. You know, and, and so... Obviously, there's a level that the U.S. national team needs to get in the sporting conscience of the country so that we get that kind of respect. But it's also true that the broadcast partners can step up and, and help cause that to happen, you know? Yeah. And ESPN has been a friend to, uh, to the game here and has put a lot of resources in and has broadcast a lot of matches. But between all the broadcasters still, there are all these rinky-dink situations where you can't get, like, the biggest matches of the year. I know there's all sorts of weird uh, weird weird factors involved in why they might not be able to get certain games or put certain games on at certain times. But we got to we got to figure this out. We got to find a way to just have, you know, one channel, two channels where you can always tune in when there's a US game wherever it is and you can watch the US game. Otherwise and US soccer needs to facilitate that. I'm sure they're trying, but I this this is just such a huge priority. It's a, it's an underrated priority. Because the it's community is ready to now. go and figure out that you have to go to the to the yeah. Univision channel, but yeah. the casual fan is just never going to do that, you know. They're so we have to that. figure out a way to make the games come to you, so yes. that we can attract fans instead of having to dig and hunt for yes. the right broadcast. And now is the time to do that. It was two years ago. Was not the time. This is the time. We weren't good. We're good now. Start to do those broadcast things. And this ties into our thesis for today's episode, which is we have new challenges that require new solutions. So we have to think about the way we broadcast this team differently than we used to in order to do this chapter right. And we have to think about what it actually takes to get a team of 11 21-year-old geniuses to get along and play in one style. And these are challenges we've never had before, so it's an exciting time, but it's time to get on your, your brand new shiny horse and get off that that donkey and, and start <laughs> acting like get the off team. Your ass. Get off your ass and start <laughs> acting like the team that we really are. Um, let's just throw in US a fear. Almost elites, semi-elites. 
we're we're elite uh, adjacent. We're potential elites in this business. Potential elites, absolutely. And we just got taught by Switzerland how uh, European powerhouses get beat. So hopefully we can learn something from that. Indeed. Um, I folks, I really like fuck fears. I don't have fears. We're just no fears, hopes and maybe. hopes today, folks. I really like. Um, I really do like a good, solid anime that progresses through a series of opponents that are each stronger than the next. Uh, this is a trope. Each one is just stronger than the last one. Half the episode is spent on ex- on explaining that, making that clear. <laughs> and then the main character wins, indeed, the next level of the fight. In fact, Queen's Gambit, same form. Same shit, It's a bro. wonderful form. It works great. And I love it. Um, rise, I also, fall, rise. Rise, fall, rise, baby. <laughs> Chess moves like, on the ceiling. <laughs> I, like, I like taking painkillers and solving chess problems on the ceiling. Uh, and I like addressing my painful hangover the next day. But I don't love any of that stuff as much as I absolutely love it. Goodbye, go. people. It's We the Peeps. It's We the Peeps. Welcome to We the Peeps. Are you ready for We the Peeps? Holy moly, it's We the Peeps. It turns out uh, Julian Nogglesman was raised in an orphanage. He was given yeah. he was given wonky medication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of actually one of his coaches, one of his staff <laughs> was once his rival. That's right. But as That's he's right. A, now that he's with Bayern, That's right. they've made That's an right. alliance. That's right. That's uh, right. To win the Champions League. So. That's right. He 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 was taught the the mysterious game of football. Yes, by yes. a friendly janitor who just you wanted may... to spend a lot of time in the basement with a ten year old. With a ten-year-old, uh, you may think no that you don't know much about soccer, but if you've seen Queen's Gambit, <laughs> you you're, good. you're good. You're good. You're good. You got it. You got it. You got it. <laughs>